You may like to start by sensing your body, your physical posture, remembering the invitation to be somewhat comfortable in body and mind. So is there something that you'd like to adjust or relax? Settling the mind as best you can in comfort. Letting go of the past, the future. Everything that isn't the elephant, as Sharon has said. That just for this period, your our intention collectively is to work with opening our hearts and minds with kindness. So there's a kind of devotion and dedication to the practice that we can establish respecting our wish to grow in this way. So letting yourself feel the goodness of that intention, of that collective energy might be worth recalling all the effort that you've made over these past days. All the energies of this group. And all those who have benefited us and supported us, making it possible for us to be here in this peaceful place. Let yourself see which person would be the one that is easiest for you in this session to offer your good wishes to. Just trusting whatever appears in your mind as this is where you'd like to start. You can begin by offering the phrases to this being, whether it's yourself or the benefactor, a dear being, that wonderful neutral being, maybe it's even your dearest enemy, your challenging person for some reason seems easiest for you today. See if you can recognize the goodness in the heart of this being. As if you're speaking heart to heart with them, trusting the goodness in yourself, the goodness in this practice and the goodness or potential goodness in them. Gathering your attention onto whatever your chosen phrases might be. Wishing well to this being I'll be quiet now for some time while you practice or we all practice and then speak about adding some other beings. Just see if you can trust your wish of love and happiness for yourself or this other being more than you trust 
whatever sense of separation comes in.
as you know your own practice, you know how to work with the feelings that come, whether it's returning to wish loving kindness for yourself or receiving a little more, (coughs) excuse me, of the radiance of your benefactor. If you would like to switch beings at this point from whoever was easiest to a different category, trusting your intention and wish to include more and more beings in your well-wishing. You could do it now. You don't have to banish being number one. It can be around as you bring another character into the foreground of your practice. Gathering your attention on each phrase, offering it to them freely with an open heart. Trusting the goodness in yourself, in that other being and in the practice. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease.
On this um, period in the retreat yesterday, Oren offered the opening to groups. So if you'd like to include everyone in the retreat, everyone in this room now in your practice, letting your attention open and sensing the space in the room around you the beings in front of you and behind you, all of us practicing loving kindness together. Offer your phrases to all of us, including yourself, almost as a form of egging on You can have a sense that the intention is shared and empowered by all of us doing it together. So may we be safe, happy, healthy, live with ease, Gently allowing your own mind to configure these wishes in its own way. including all the beings at Insight Meditation Society and the other rooms of this building, maybe a few other small forms of life that are scurrying in the basements. Or sleeping under the snow. Offering your wish of kindness and love. Anytime you need to or wish to, you can come back to yourself.
or to one of the, any of the phases of this practice. Or you could allow the scope of your well-wishing, or let's say our collective well-wishing, to increase. So one of the teachers here says it's like taking the curtain off your heart. Letting this loving wish extend in all directions. To all living beings. Say for now all of us who share the planet Earth. All of us, may we be safe. May our minds and hearts be happy or at peace. May we be healthy. May we live with ease. see yourself among the beings. You can see your dear ones and benefactors, sense the dearness and the benefactors of all of us. And also distant beings and beings in different phases of their lives, those born and to be born. those who are near the end. May all beings be safe. Happy. Healthy or healed and reconciled with their bodies. knowing the deepest well-being. Seeing the goodness in beings, in yourself and in life. Trusting your good wishes. As we include all the genders of beings. beings who have gender of any anywhere on the array or no gender or changing genders including oneself
all beings who have bodies. Many different forms of bodies. Some with wings, some with feet, some with no feet. Human beings of all different sizes and shapes and colors, different beliefs. taking form and sharing life in this world and maybe other worlds we don't know of. May all these beings with bodies be safe. And happy. Healthy. May all of us know the deepest well-being We're sending all our loving kindness, sharing these loving wishes with all who are in existence, all sentient beings. You may like to include those who are relatively fortunate and happy or at peace right now, whatever kind of being they might be. And those whose existence and inner life is not in good shape, may they know safety, and happiness, and health, and well-being. All of us together wishing this the last moments of the sitting, let yourself feel how your heart and mind feel. Gently come back to your particular existence in this moment on your chair or your cushion. through the body, sensing the support of the earth 
as it comes through the building and whatever materials you're sitting on. The support for your heart. Both through the physical structure of your body and also through the many loving relationships and loving wishes that you've engendered during this sitting and at other times. Trusting your wish and intention to offer loving kindness. More than any of the difficulties, barriers that all of us may have seen arising in the practice. If there are any questions or observations, we have some time for that. Oh, yes. She's saying um, that, may I just repeat the last piece of the question, saying, could it be detrimental to send loving kindness to a fear? Um, I think what could be detrimental is if you don't use your common sense about what to avoid and what to endorse in your regular life. In the inner practice, we do absorb the information from everything that comes up, like there's a certain intelligence in our makeup, that if we're afraid of something, it may be that it's harmed us in the past, it may actually cause harm to us, or it may cause harm to us in the future. Um, So it might not be that we approach in real life the person, place, or situation, you know, the railroad tracks at 2 a.m. or something like that. It's like there could be a reason why we aren't going there. In the loving-kindness practice, if strong fear arises, it can be helpful to give loving-kindness to the being who's enduring the fear, which is oneself. I'm not sure it's, um, if you start to feel overwhelmed, like really overwhelmed with an emotion, it's not a bad thing. Or if you start to feel that your loving kindness emotion is a strong one, that's not a bad thing either. It's, these are just kind of signs of practice as we deepen, we 
um, sort of hear from our organism what our inner sort of map is like. But I'm wondering why would it be not kind to oneself to feel that this difficult emotion of fear could be invited to subside as long as we know what's properly cautious in our real life? I guess that's the question. Do you know what I'm saying? Is that, does that approach at all what you're talking about? Yeah. It could be merciful to wish that the fear would be reduced, and the fear could be reduced if you say, like, no, I'm not going to withdraw my money from my bank account or whatever it might, or I'm not going to let so-and-so do it. You, you know, you might have a fear like that. Um, so you might actually take steps to address fears that arise in the practice when you suddenly remember or notice something that might feel threatening. You might say, oh, well, that reminds me that I should actually lock the door, something like that. Makes sense. Thank you. Um, I recognized that um, one of my difficulties with the uh, difficult person was that I was unable to tolerate, or I thought I was unable to tolerate, their suffering. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what made them difficult. And I came to the realization, showing this is where I want help, that it was their suffering and I needed to let them, so to speak, sort of have it. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was mentioned yesterday that no one deserves suffering. And I understand that kind of concept. But I'm thinking, isn't it maybe what's given to us or given out to us as um, someone else mentioned the other day our way of growing Mm -hmm. uh, that everyone has their fair share of it and so Mm -hmm. I just want some something around that she's saying that um, part of what was difficult about the difficult person was an sense of difficulty in tolerating the suffering that uh, you perceived in the difficult person. I wonder if anyone else has had that sensation in practice, that with the difficult person you feel how charged they are with suffering. That came up in the Q&A also. And then a realization came that um, the suffering in the difficult person was theirs to endure. And that kind of letting go occurred in saying that That was their suffering. So the last part of the question was a comment about um, isn't, what's the difference between each being not deserving to suffer and the opportunity to learn or not learn from suffering that each being has and that each being has their fair share. Oren will be talking about equanimity practice tonight so there'll be lots of Uh, kind of reflections on this type of situation of recognizing that we each have our own situation to face. I don't know about fair share because there's a lot of unfairness in the world. It depends on, um, you know, it's said that we each face our karma. We each are not um, always able to alter the circumstances into which we are born and the families we have are noticed in the the difficult person and imagining them as a child, all the influences that they're subject to, places where they may have not been, you know, able to grow up like a regular person kind of thing. There was a question in the Q&A that if they were happier, they might not be causing so much misery around them. I think there's real truth in that. But I think this evening's talk will address more of that kind of thing. Thanks. Yeah.
giving things to myself, but bringing in the beauty and the joy of growing myself. Oh, thank you. She's saying that she had a realization about that having come in with an attitude that resonated a little bit with another comment about it being selfish to take all this time for oneself and that she's seeing that by cultivating the joy and happiness in herself as the basis of offering joy and happiness to others that it's not selfish at all. So that really felt like she felt the reality of that just now in her practice and it turned around. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I felt um, a lot of gratitude the last six days for um, being here and felt a number of times, you know, softening and, and coming to various moments of awareness um, and have been deeply moved by um, the amazing Dharma talks. I can't believe the the wealth um, that's being offered us. I, I am concerned about the fact that I haven't had, as, as many or certainly some seem to, any emotional crescendos. I actually mm-hmm. haven't. I've been close at times to tears um, being moved by things mm-hmm. that I'm hearing and sometimes things that I'm feeling. <coughs> but I haven't had any watershed moments. I haven't mm-hmm. had any... I wonder if I am experiencing this deeply enough since I haven't, mm-hmm. haven't had tears. I haven't, you know, I feel basically mm-hmm. okay. I mean, I don't know. Yes. Envy is probably my big one. But, um, but my only concern is, you know, maybe I'm not digging deeply enough to hit the um, the water or the mush. I would, I would say, that's a worry, your worrying mind. Yes, the person um, she's saying that um, she's had very beautiful moments of gratitude and appreciation and sort of awe at the richness and depth of the practice and what's being offered. And yet there's been a quality of, let's say, serenity or evenness in her practice and she hasn't had crescendos of emotion and she's wondering if she's digging deep enough. And I think it's interesting when experiences get shared that we see that there are other ways or there's other options in practice or different kinds of things happen for different people at different times. I would just say to trust the natural unfolding of your practice, that there's a way of just placing some faith that what happens for each person is the right thing for each person to be happening. Um, that's part of the refuge in Dharma, that we whatever comes up. And I imagine that some of the people who have had crescendos might feel envious of you. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> We can all read, since the joy and happiness or the uh, sense of deep revelation are not anybody's possession exactly, we can all rejoice in the experiences that others have had, meanwhile trusting that our own aren't diminished by whatever might be happening for somebody else. Thanks. Yes, and then that. Yeah. Um, Well, when when, when I I just wanted to thank you for that. because I was feeling exactly the same way and it's been interesting to me to, um, I guess, compare my experiences of different mm-hmm. retreats that I've sat and right. it's been very different in every right. one. And this one, because the last time I did sit in a loving kindness retreat, I was so emotional and ebullient, um, despair and it made me really contemplate um, a lot of what you were mentioning last night as far as taking stock in 
where I am today. Yeah. A very different person than I was when I sat that retreat. Mm-hmm. And just trusting again that I'm okay. I'm okay mm-hmm. to also echo Warren's sentiment of taking the step and wondering, am I okay? I am okay. I'm I'm perfect the way I am, whether I'm crying or not. And um, but it's been really, it was really very um, nice to hear your comment. She's appreciating the previous comment uh, about comparison and saying that, in her case, the comparison is with herself in previous retreats when she had sort of drama drama of up and down and lots of emotions and ebullient and crying and this retreat is a different and that a trust is emerging that she's perfect where she is whether she's crying or not crying and that that feels good and nonetheless she feels reassured to know that there's other um, comparisons happening that's the human thing I think you said that right that's kind of yeah thank you I think here and I also want male beings to be or <laughs> encouraged. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I was going to yeah. note that, you know, one thing I've been observing just how big and complex these simple phrases are yeah. in a lot of respects. And I've spent a lot of time sort of spiraling into it being something that it's not and then realizing, bring it back. Um, I mean, it just, it, it, like the more people we sort of invite in, I, I can sense sort of a very subtle has a apprehension mm-hmm. um, to really just kind of, it's hard to explain, it's almost like a, a, a balloon of sorts, you know, and it's like, the minute I start realizing it's getting a little too much, I start bringing it back to something a little more manageable. Yeah. But, I mean, Maybe I'm asking my own question here, but is it sort of like a, a muscle sort where you just sort of bring it to the edge? Yes. And then you just kind of lighten up a little bit, and then eventually it kind of makes enough room. She's saying that um, the f- phrases have so much in them. They're so uh, complex in a sense. And as we increase the scope of the loving kindness in various ways, it is it like a muscle that we sort of work it to the edge. And when we feel it getting a little hard, we come back in a little bit difficult. Yes, it's exactly like that. Yeah. We're sort of reconfiguring our inner world map, you know, our might be called the samsaric map and where do we draw the edge you know the neutral person was the edge between like uh, someone who feels like a human being to us and someone who feels like a thing a being who feels like a you know sort of an object of mind so we're really really stretching and these categories as Sharon said in the beginning this is a very compressed like crash course like the categories we ran through almost any one of them this morning the of different kind of classes of beings, any one of them, if it sort of twigged something in you, you might want to spend time with that particular category. You know, whether it's uh, sending loving kindness to the fortunate or the unfortunate, the way that we sent loving kindness to a dear friend who's doing well and one who's not doing so well. And there's always the invitation to come back and uh, back to where we feel comfortable. So going to an edge and then coming back to where we feel comfort is exactly the way to stretch this practice. Um, so that was a wonderful comment. I think we could have one more, and I'd like to especially invite if there's a guy, who man, who wants to say something, yes, just to balance it out a little. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The actual person. The actual yeah. Person. Okay. Kind of out of the corner of my eye, and um, and I've been finding that person has been very helpful in helping me return to my loving kindness practice. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at some point, I guess during breakfast, they got up and someone else replaced them, but I didn't realize that because I'm only really looking at the corner of my eye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Uh oh. That's a very interesting insight, isn't it? Like the not enough feeling, yeah. And I think like socially we've all had that experience. I remember once when I was really small, I went up to a lady in a store and asked her for something because I thought it was my mom. And it was like, uh-oh, <laughs> you're not my mom. <laughs> um, it was horrible. Or you'll have a comment to someone and, a, and it won't, it'll turn out not to be your wife or your husband, but it's like you're saying something you thought they were there beside you and it's like, ooh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's only Orin. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, babe. You know. (laughs) So it's interesting, the uh, alarm, those little alarm contraction things that we have. It's sort of, I think it's as social beings, like in reality, we have like our circles and stuff. And in the practice, it may not be necessary. So I think it's interesting for you to see the sense of maybe a type of obligation that you have to offer everything to one being. And um, we get to see our psychological patterns, really. Like, did you then move... At, what, what did you do after you saw that it wasn't the person? Like, well, I, I noticed the disgust. Right. And, uh, and kind of <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Right. Gosh, I'm supposed to be like caring about all people here. Right. And then I just tried to you know, look at kind of the whole room and take in everybody and try to have loving kindness for everybody. Um, <laughs> and then maybe for myself too. There you go. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. It's and um, that's how we heal those flinches is by noticing them and recovering and adapting our practice to it and gaining whatever kind of insight might come from where we feel the barrier. A little bit like the uh, the comment about fear. It's like there is information in all these things. Not that we should sit and obsess about it. I think it just naturally becomes part of our understanding of how our world works. We have to go at the moment and um, thank you to everyone for your very enriching and lively comments. You can work with um, this all beings, on all creatures, or all in the retreat and let your loving kindness become spacious. And I'd just like to say that it's, there's something to really, um, who was that reggae singer, was he Bunny Whaler, who said, water the root, don't eat the fruit. You know, that coming back to really, really trusting the intention that we have to be for loving kindness is a real refuge. So when the, you'll know how to work with uh, whatever level of difficulty you want to take on and so that you feel like you can stay in touch with your intention and that's a place to come back to, whether it's to come back to your loving kindness for yourself or for another being, but recognize the intention um, when those things, difficulties come up. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.